The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Hey, everybody. We are back with Life Tips Radio this week. And unfortunately, Byron's away at a really awesome SES trade show this week. So he's not going to be joining us this week, but he will be back next week to tell us all about the awesome trade show and all the great work they did there. So we're excited to hear what he's been up to. And I know he's been absent from the radio for the past two weeks. I really miss him. Byron, get back here. We're, we're aching to hear what you've been up to. So in other news, we're going to be talking to Scott Halford this week. He is a leadership consultant and a speaker who's going to be talking to us about his new book, Be a Shortcut, The Secret Fast Track to Business Success. So when we come back from break, we're going to be talking to Scott. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic Tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic Tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand i'm telling you this network is recession proof revenue wire the recession proof network platform for more information visit revenuewire.com today that's revenuewire.com and now back to life tips making your life smarter better faster and wiser here are your hosts hey everybody we are back and we are talking to scott halford today scott how are you I'm great, Amanda. How are you doing? 
Um, great. So tell me a little bit more about your background and this new book and what's going on. All right. Uh, my background is um, basically I work in corporations with leaders who are interested in success behaviors. That's kind of the, the big nomenclature of, of what I work with. So I do that through emotional intelligence and neuroscience, critical thinking influence. And the book is called Be a Shortcut, the Secret Fast Track to Business Success. And it basically is an amalgamation of um, the work behind emotional intelligence and mastery, the two put together. Uh, the, the, the concept basically is that you know, in this world right now, with as, as crazy as it's gotten with the pro- proliferation, say that tri- twice, the proliferation of information, <laughs> you know, with, with so much information being available to everyone, it's, it's really difficult to just even be average anymore because the, the one thing that used to separate the average from the elite was information, access to it. And now we all have access to the same thing. So we have so much at our beck and call. I mean, there are 9 billion web pages that we can have access to. The question is, is, you know, how do we organize it all and how do we get to what we need to get to in order to be successful? Um, and the answer, I believe, is that we need shortcuts. And I'm not talking about the, the shortcut that is shoddy or illegal or unethical, but the shortcut that allows us to become more efficient, more effective, so that we can get done what we need to get done. And um, recent shortcuts that I, I think of uh, that have have created industries are um, Google. That's become a shortcut, a shortcut for research. Um, the, you look at uh, things like Grease Monkey or Jiffy Lube, the places where you take your car and it's a shortcut. You bring it in, they've, they're all set up, they charge you uh, a specific fee, and boom, your, your oil's done, whereas it used to take you three, four hours to, to do your own. And there are several examples of that. So the idea is that that we need shortcuts in order to be more successful as well as to be able to provide the kind of lives that, that lead to some kind of sanity and all of this, this craziness. And the idea then evolves to not just to have shortcuts, to, but, but to be one yourself, because once you are one, you're that go-to person who has an incredible amount of influence. Does that, does that all make sense? It does. So when you say shortcut, what you mean is creating more efficient business solutions, right? Yeah, it's you know it's really kind of embodied in a person in in in, in the the their behavior, their attitude, as well as their mastery. So here's here's what a shortcut looks like. For instance, um, I have a good friend. Uh, she's a friend now. When she started, uh, when I met her, she was my realtor, and she became a friend. And she it was interesting because you know a realtor's job is to sell you a house. But for three or four years, uh, when I was looking. Um, it took about three or four years to, to buy the house that I'm currently in because she'd say, no, you're not ready, the market's not ready, uh, things aren't ready, just hang on. And so I hung on, and then one day she found the house that I'm living in and said, all right, here it is, go, go take a look at this. Mm-hmm. So I did, fell in love with the house, I purchased it, and in purchasing it I knew that it would need to have the roof replaced, and that is no small feat if you've ever done it. It's a very expensive process. Well, when I when I replaced the roof, I called Nancy because she's the person I know in the real estate world who knows old houses because that's I live in an old house and she markets this kind of neighborhood. She knows old houses. She knows contractors. She knows all the people connected to that world. And I called her and I said, if you were going to replace your, your roof, who would you do it with? And she said, Bernie Wright's hands down. 
He's more expensive, but he, this guy will come and go on time, on the budget that he says, and you will never know that he's been in your yard because it's a very messy process. Mm-hmm. So I called Bernie Wrights and asked him for a bid. He didn't know that I was not bidding him up against other roofers, and all because I have this thing called a shortcut, and it was Nancy. Nancy was my shortcut. She had already done all of the homework. She already had done all of the work. She'd, she'd spent the time. She was incredibly knowledgeable. And the big thing is that she had earned my trust. So that's what a, a, a shortcut is, is that person or product that we use or go to who you know will take care of you, take care of the issue that you need to have taken care of, and they do it twice as fast as you could without the headache and without a lot of grumbling. And so we pay them to do it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So yeah. how do yeah. I know how do I know if I found myself a shortcut or something that's that's not going to pan out if I'm going too quick and I'm not thinking it through enough? You know, it's interesting because the shortcuts that we use in our life, what I encourage people to do in the book is to take time to think of all the shortcuts that they use. So the person who cuts your hair, the person who cuts your lawn, the person who might who might clean your house. You know, any, any services that you use on a regular basis, your dry cleaner, uh, that, that are personal, that you would use on a regular basis. And, and, and put those, those people's names down and, and what it is that they provide to you. And then on a professional level, get, go inside of your organization and think about the people who help you with your accounting issues. Think about the people who help you with research or who help you negotiate the the, the, the policies and, and procedures of your organization, just the different people who you go to, who you know have the answer, and they have the inside scoop. Those are your shortcuts. Um, the people who you go to or the products that you use that, that you might think are a shortcut, where you end up spending a heck of a lot more time trying to put it together, and you, you, you get some grumbling. So, for instance, if you, if you go to someone who's incredibly smart, say that you've got um, – somebody who's going to fix your computer. And they're incredibly smart, and they know what they're doing, but they make you feel kind of idiotic that you're having this problem or that you punched a button that you shouldn't have or, geez, why don't you clean out your cash? Or, you know, and they, they go through this whole, you know, just kind of machination about, about your computer that you, just, you don't want to hear. You just want your computer cleaned up. They're not a shortcut, no matter how smart they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- because a shortcut not only is brilliant in their mastery, they're also excellent in emotional intelligence. They're appropriate, and they they, they, they have an incredibly positive attitudes. So talk to me a little bit more about, and, and I'm reading over some of the, the ideas behind your book here, but what are some of the principles of influence that you talk about? Some of the principles of influence that we talk about in the book and, and, and touch on as well, just in, in general, are the idea of, of you know that that uh, shortcuts have a good influence because they create some scarcity. Um, scarcity is the idea that if if there's not a lot of something, then we really want it. We have a, a tendency to to want it. It's called psychological reactance. If you want to get into the folder roll about it, the psychobabble. And and what it says is if you can't have something, then you really want it, even if you don't need it. And um, shortcuts have a scarcity about them because there aren't a lot of people who do as well what they do as they do. And so they're scarce. And so you know that that's the person I'm going to go to. You know, I, if, if I want to 
um, find somebody who's going to do this piece of research, I know I'm going to go to that person. You can go to a lot of different other people, but that's the person I'm going to go to. Well, they only have a limited amount of time and resource, so they become scarcer, so they become more precious and more exclusive, if you will. So shortcuts understand that. They also understand likability, um, and, and likability are a, a set of attractor patterns that are attractor behaviors, and that, that basically in their presence, um, they, they not only do you like them, but you like you when you're with them. And that's a big concept for, for people to understand because if you have to constantly be working around someone's attitude, I mean, we've all worked with somebody who started out great and they seem to be all gung-ho, and then eventually they start getting an attitude and they start doing the, you know, the big harumph and the big sighs, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the thing that makes you feel awful for even having asked them. And so you start doing workarounds where you go, you know what, I'm not going to take it to him because he's just going to give me attitude. I'll just do it myself. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's a, that, that right there is a repeller behavior. And, and, and shortcuts are likable because they have attractor behaviors. They, they, they don't give you the big grumble. They don't tell you all of the things on their list. They just simply tell you whether they can do it or not or when in line it could happen. And so um, likability is a big influence piece. We touch on a number of different pieces in the book, but, you know, they're, they're just more influential overall because they become this rare and valuable thing that you can't get anywhere else. So now that I understand a little bit more about what a shortcut is, how do you, how do you, um, how do you advise businesses who are just starting out? What do you tell them to, to sort of move toward to become that shortcut? It's a great question because uh, so so you you've obviously surmised that there are shortcuts who are people, there are shortcuts that are products like Jiffy Lube, or Grease Monkey, there are or Google or iPod, right? Those are all products that are, are shortcuts and, and no, I don't get any endorsement fees from them for saying <laughs> that. Um, but those are all right. They're all they're all out there and they're shortcuts that we use. And then there are are are, are shortcut cultures, companies that live by the shortcut philosophy. And um, I actually just uh, wrote an article about that for uh, a big magazine. And um, basically the shortcut culture says this, is that if you are, are wanting to create an organization that people can't live without or a product that people can't live without or you just want to be something, a person that organizations can't live without, the idea is that you want to have an entire philosophy that says, I want to act like a shortcut. I want to be some, someone who works incredibly hard at, at my mastery, that I've found this one little fiefdom, this one little area of, of expertise that I am going to know better than anyone else. And you work at it, and you work at it, and you school yourself at it, and you study more, and you write about it. And it's, and it's what you do, it's what you become. And you're the, the kind of organization and you're the kind of individual that practices and, and understands for the rest of their life, they study emotional intelligence. How is it that I interact with other human beings? How is it that I, I mitigate bad situations? How do I create an experience that people want to, are going to be attracted to? So organizations that are just starting out, companies that are just starting out, whether they're two people or, or 20,000, really want to look at, who are the people they're trying to attract as customers, and who are the kind of people they're trying to attract as as employees? And I I would submit that you want the, as an employee a shortcut because your customers are going to be attracted to that. 
So now, what would you say uh, is the the number one the number one speed bump for companies who are just not understanding this concept, who who can't wrap their heads around how to be a shortcut? What what's standing in their way? That's a great question. I think um, there are a lot of things, but it's typically that that you know there's the the that short term thinking that sorry Wall Street, but Wall Street's given us a um, a difficult kind of, uh, you know, task to fill, and that is that, you know, when we've been paying attention to results on Wall Street, we're paying attention to very short-term thinking, very, very short-term thinking that, okay, I need this now, I need profits right now, as opposed to thinking, well, okay, we might not make profits now if we do X, Y, Z, but down the road, we're going to make two to ten times more if we just have high enough impulse control to wait and let this nurture and grow. The same thing happens inside of the, the, the organization with, with developing shortcuts. Um, it's not a shortcut to become a shortcut. You have, to, you have to school yourself. You have to take time. You have to develop yourself. You have to slow down and think. You have to be incredibly deliberate. Um, so, you know, you look at the, the, the masters out there who have created businesses and products and, and, um, and, and personalities, basically, that are shortcuts that we go to and that we use. They didn't do that overnight, and I think that companies need to understand that it takes nurturing and it takes some time. Now, do you find, I know you've worked with a lot of really big clients, and I'm sure you've worked with some small, you know, some, some small local clients. Who do you find, do you find that, that one or the other is, has an easier time becoming that shortcut? Is it, is it easier for the mom-and-pop shops to, to earn that trust in their, local, in their local avenues, or is it easier for the big names to get into your household, to get the advertising out there, to earn your trust? Well, there's the million-dollar question. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you look at – I used to – years ago I, I worked for NBC, which was owned by GE, and Jack Welch used to say at the time when I was there because he was – he was downsizing from a company of 300,000 people to 200,000 people. And, and he would say that we are collapsing under our own weight and, and that in order for us to be the kind of company people want to do business with, we need to act like a small company. And so, and I believe that. I think that smaller companies, because you're more transparent, there aren't as many people to hide behind and as many things to hide behind, you know that that smaller companies pay a lot more attention to the to the individual process and the individual client in a different way. It's not to say that large companies don't do it at all. It's just that it's it's easy to think, well, wow, we have a hundred large clients, and uh, if I have a mishap with one, it's not going to make a huge, huge difference. It'll make a difference. I don't like it, but it's not going to it's not going to you know tear the place down. Well, you take a small organization that's got ten clients. And they have a bad relationship with one. Well, that's a you know that's a that's that's big to them, and so I think that the attention is a little bit um, is a little bit more focused in the the smaller organizations. And I, I think that's good. I think if we all could behave nimbly and like a small organization, that um, we'd make decisions better, quicker, and we would also not get so caught up in the idea that. Geez, you know, I have to wheel the profit in a wheelbarrow in in the front door right today. I've got to do some long term thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take a, a little short a, a little shortcut here. But um, how, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about you as a person. How did you get to to where you are now? I know that you're the president of Complete Intelligence, but how did you get to understanding so much about the psychology of business? 
Well, you know, that, that the, the, my background was in school was in communication and psychology, and then I went to um, work in, t- in television. And it's interesting because I was a television news producer to begin with, and uh, every single day was about sitting around and looking at all the news events that were happening for the day and then having discussions with the other news staff about, geez, you know, how much emphasis do we place on this story and how much emphasis do we place on this one? Do, where do we place it in the newscast? What should come high? What are people going to be most interested in? So it's constantly a psychological second-guessing of what sociologically what people would want. And so it kind of began there and, and uh, type, began to take shape. And uh, eventually I, I ended up uh, being a, a, an executive uh, coach in presentation skills, interestingly enough, for anchors, reporters, and then executives. Um, and that was all through NBC. And my job was to help them be more likable and to help them increase their credibility. And it, the, the, the quickest way to increase your credibility is not, uh, not what most people think, and that is to go and, and, and just you know, lay on more in your, in your vita, in your resume, but actually you're going to increase your credibility more rapidly through likability. The two together are really incredibly powerful. So... That's, I, I began doing that, and then I went out on my own in 1990 and then began studying in emotional intelligence in the mid-'90s and just have really poured myself into that as well as neuroleadership in the last few years. And it's all tied just to, to you know really understanding how is it that we can be more deliberately successful as opposed to waiting for it to happen. So now when you go on, when you, when you do, uh, when you're a keynote speaker, when you're asked to be a keynote speaker, what size audiences are you speaking to, and do you find that you're, you're called upon more by, by the bigger clients who, who need help focusing themselves, or are you being called upon by the smaller companies who, who you know, want to get into that niche quickly? Uh, a little bit of both, but mo- mostly large corporations is, is where I do most of my work in some associations. The client, the, the, the workshop size or the keynote size, for a keynote, I've done it anywhere from 20 people to 10,000 people. The average size is probably closer to around two to 300. And uh, workshops are generally smaller because learning goes up when there are fewer people in the room, so we, we, we cap those. Uh, but you know when I'm doing, for instance, when I'm doing workshops through um, through like the University of Denver or through other organizations, the Women's Vision Foundation, I do workshops through them. We have companies that send people that are from small organizations, from from people that you know we're organizations that have 25 people in them, and then of course then the larger corporations that have several thousand. So it's you know at at heart. We all want to make a difference, and I think at heart we all want to believe that, that what we did today was really good and that it added value. And I think it's more of a struggle, frankly, in a larger corporation because there's so many different policies, procedures, and wheels to work against. Um, and so they need that, 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 that kind of work. And in a smaller organization, because it, you have to wear so many hats and because it's not because it's very transparent, you can see right through the organization. You have to be good at it all as well, and so there's a lots of there's lots of good reasons for everyone to really pay attention to um, to, to working on themselves and developing themselves in a way that that create better and bigger attractor behaviors. So, do you ever get uh, stage fright when you're when you're speaking to these bigger crowds? You know, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do. 
like you know, there are times when I it it, 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 it it's interesting because it really boils down to connectivity and and you know if I'm speaking in front of a group of people who I have a huge affinity for, people who are like me, mm-hmm. um, then that feels very simple. But if I'm speaking to the National Hog Callers Association and I've never been on a farm, then I'm going to be a little bit more like, geez, uh, this is scary. At the end of it all, though, you know what, I, I always come back to the same place. We all put on our pants the same way for the most part. And, and you know, we're all living, breathing human beings. And we all have blood flowing through our veins. And, you know, I think about that when I speak internationally as well. Um, are these people going to... Um, you know, how, what's it going to feel like? What's it going to be like? And it can be a little nerve-wracking. And, and I remind myself, we are all really at heart just trying to do the same thing. I don't know, Scott. I like to wear my pants on my head whenever I can. See, I knew Try that to work you. that in I, there. I, I, heard, I heard rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, have you written any other books before this one? Uh, before this one, I wrote a little uh, a small kind of a gift book called Senseless Acts of Beauty, and um, it's just a self-published book. And um, it was interesting because I was doing a lot of and continued to do a lot of work with uh, physicians and physician leadership. And the doctors would take these this little book, and um, what it was is there's a story up front about this woman named Norma who I met, a homeless woman who I met. And uh, basically, she was asking for a handout, and uh, I was feeling a, bit, a little bit bizarre and um, like I was going to go on an experiment that day, and I decided to try a social experiment, <laughs> and I bought her a uh, a, 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 a makeover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took her with me, and, and I brought her oh. to the lady who uh, cuts my hair and uh, had her cut her hair and, and uh, do big old styling, and the ladies got together, did her fingernails. They wouldn't do it. The, the, what do they call that? The pedicure. Together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, so they wouldn't do the the uh, pedicure um, for a lot of different reasons, but she, she came out at the end of that a completely different person, mm-hmm. and it was kind of an example of a senseless act of beauty, just doing something that probably doesn't make sense on a day-to-day basis, but when you do it, it just makes the world more beautiful, I mean, both literally and figuratively. And so the book was about that, and then it said the book um, didn't have a lot of words in it, and every page just simply had a suggestion for creating a senseless act of beauty in the workplace and in your life. And doctors would put it in their um, in their waiting room, and they noticed that when they had it in their waiting room and patients would pick it up, if the doctor was running 30 or 40 minutes late, they noticed that their patients who would, would read that little book would be a lot nicer and calmer <laughs> when they got into the, <laughs> into the exam room. Um, after they were read it, because you know it's you can't be nasty after reading about how to create beauty in the world, right? So, yeah. Well, Scott, well, thank you so much for talking to us today. And if uh, if people want to learn more about you or your book, they can go to um, completeintelligence.com. Is that right? That's right. Awesome. And uh, for anyone else looking for a great book on on you know, getting your business on the fast track, being that special business that everyone wants to go to, check out Be a Shortcut, The Secret Fast Track to Business Success. And we've been speaking with Scott Halford today. Scott, it was wonderful speaking with you. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Terrific to be here. And everyone, Byron will be back next week, so tune in and let's hear what all he's been up to and all the fun he's been having while we're slaving away at the studio. But I hope he's having a great time and getting the word out about Life Tips, and we will be back next week with another great guest. So until then, everybody, have a great week. 